it's time to change. Now we got to think about what exactly is the backbone of a habit because we need to look to change our habits. Again, we're speaking about how to influence what we currently are doing and do something different. This is going to require us to break behaviors and to enter into new behaviors. So we need to understand the laws of behavior change. This has been stated by James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits. And he actually used uh, the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg to kind of complement his iterations. But we need to understand there's four laws. And the first law is a cue. Second law is a craving. Third law is a response. And the fourth law is a reward. These are a habit loop. So you get a cue, then it's a craving, then it's a response, and you get the reward. Okay, That's a basic elementary fundamental understanding of it. But let's go deeper. Let's understand deeper and understand exactly what we're talking about and what we mean. Because the true, true joy of this is that we can understand what we're doing, and now we can understand how we can do it better. So the first thing is a cue. What is a cue? A cue triggers the brain to initiate a behavior. It is information that predicts reward. Okay. And a craving, a craving is simply the desire of something. It's the motivation to get something. And typically what we want isn't necessarily what we're reaching for, but it's a feeling of an internal state. Now, that may seem confusing, but bear with me. Next, we have the response. The response is the habit you actually perform. And this can be either thought or action. doesn't necessarily need to just be an action. Because again, we can have negative thinking habits as well. Lastly, we find ourselves at the reward. The reward is what you experience, be it either satisfaction or education. Satisfaction obviously would deliver contentment and relief of the craving. And Education would be feelings of pleasure and disappointment, which provide a feedback mechanism to either know what we find useful in our actions or useless in our actions. So now that we've laid down the foundation, let's go over them and, and start kind of picking apart an example basis. So let's look at maybe you get a text message. That's your cue. Now what's the craving? Well, you want to learn the contents of the message. Your response is you pick up the phone and you read the text. And you're rewarded because you satisfy the craving to read the message. And grabbing your phone becomes associated with the text message ringtone or buzzing. Now we have that buzzing cue that's going to continue to pull us back. And we find ourselves in two separate phases here. The first phase is the problem phase. The problem phase comes from the cue and the craving. And this problem phase is found later by the solution phase, the response and the reward. Because in the problem phase, we find ourselves wanting to take ownership in something or do something about the way we feel. We get this urge and we want to do something about it. Let's look at another one. Let's say our cue is the smell of a donut shop. And maybe let's say that donut shop is right next to where we work. The craving is now you begin to crave a donut. The response is you buy that donut and you eat it. Well, now the reward is you're satisfied because you did the actual craving and you found enjoyment through that. Now you're going to continue to buy a donut because it's associated with where you've been. And these are things that we know are fundamental in our behavior. 
there's something that we just continue to do without really thinking about it. It becomes automatic. This is very interesting to me. And again, we got to think about how the correlation between a cue and a craving is decided because cues are meaningless unless interpreted. What's that mean? Well, a cue for me and a cue for you and a cue for your neighbor and a cue for someone else is all totally different because let's say we all see a cookie. We all see that cookie. And to me, the cookie symbolizes something that in my thoughts, emotions, and feelings is bad because I'm lactose intolerant. If I eat that cookie, I'm going to have massive problems with my digestion and I'm not going to feel good. So there has to be some kind of thoughts, feelings, emotions that are attached to transform that cue into a craving. Maybe for you, that cookie looks just amazing. You want to eat it because you remember when you were a kid and you loved how you ate those cookies and you continue to get them from your grandmother. And every time your grandmother came over, she had the cookies for you. So now today you want the cookie again because it reminds you of your grandmother. That's an example, right? There's some obvious thoughts, feelings, and emotions behind that cookie. Whereas for me, there's some obvious thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Yours may be very interactive and very positive with your past. Mine may be, uh, last time I did that, it educated me that I shouldn't do it again. So we have to understand that cues are different for everybody, but you want to be able to identify your cue. And we'll find out exactly how important this is later, but you need to identify your cues. They're the most important thing to get us to avoid or begin behaviors. Next, I want to kind of think about what the response is. And, you know, the response really honestly depends on the level of motivation, the level of ability, and the amount of friction associated with the behavior. So the response, again, to reiterate, is the habit you perform. So it could either be a thought or an action. Now, if you have a high level of motivation or a high level of ability to do that action, you'll do it. But let's correlate this to exercise. Let's say you don't have the high level of motivation or high level of ability. You probably won't do it. That's why having a personal trainer is so valuable because they provide you with the tools to get you where you need to be. It makes it easy. It sets you up for success because you have a plan. And now you have the motivation to get to that plan because I'm keeping you accountable. The level of ability is now wiped away because I've made it available to you. I've told you exactly what to do. We've made an established routine where you know exactly what to do when you come in here. So there is some friction there that was now dissipated. So this could be correlated to something either breaking or building. And let's go into a little bit more of that because that's the part where we really need to dive into and understand. If we look into the four laws again, I'm going to put one side on creation of it. I'm going to put one side on breaking of it. We'll first go over the breaking of our habits. So a cue. We need to make that cue invisible in order to break the habit. A craving. We need to make it unattractive to break the habit. A response. We need to make it difficult to get that response. And reward. We need to make it unsatisfying. So how would we break a habit? And again, like I mentioned, that cookie, the cookie to me is, again, something that I don't find attractive. So I'm not craving it because I know that when I eat that cookie, I find it unbearable to walk around. It feels just horrible in my stomach because I can't break it down. So you need to ask yourself, how? Ask, how can I make my cue invisible? If my cue to eat is the bad choices of food I have lying in my pantry, let's get them out of the pantry. Let's get the cue out to make my behavior stop. If I find that I'm craving something, how can I make it 
unattractive. Well, attractivity becomes your senses. And if you start deciding that my taste isn't as important as the way I feel, just as I mentioned, that's an easy way to make that craving unattractive. Think about the way you feel afterwards. It's so important. It's so vital for you to actually understand how these foods make you feel. If you don't understand how you're feeling and you just understand how you're tasting, you'll never get the results you want. In the response, how do you make it difficult to make the behavior actionable? Well, it's pretty easy to say that if it was out of your house, it's pretty hard to make that decision to actually eat it because it's not there. You'd have to involve getting your shoes on, driving to the store, getting the food, coming back. There's a lot more things that are going to make that difficult to get the behavior done. Let's say you gave in. Let's say you did everything. Let's say you had the cue. Maybe it was a commercial. Let's say you had the craving and it was to have the need to get that sweet tooth, which made you feel comforting. Because again, we got to look back at that craving. The craving comes not from the actual behavior we're going to do. It comes from the state, the internal state that that behavior delivers. So maybe you're looking for a sense of relief. And that sense of relief comes from you eating or it comes from you smoking or whatever it does. We got to make that seem a little bit harder. We got to make that seem a little bit more nuanced because we got to understand why we're doing these things we're doing. Again, the habit was established and it's been created, but we got to understand how to break it. So to make that reward unsatisfying to us, we got to start associating it with the negative things that come out of that decision. That is the key to get your habits out. If we start deciding that, hey, I don't really enjoy waking up at 10 o'clock because I miss out on half my day, that's a pretty easy way to solve my problem of feeling like I got rewarded with a good enough amount of sleep. Maybe I should decide to rather go to bed earlier and feel like I have the whole day to spend when I wake up at 5 a.m. the next day. So again, we're just trying to spitball some ideas for you. But really, if we think about it, eliminate the cue and your habit will never start. Reduce the craving and you won't experience enough motivation to act. Make the behavior difficult and you won't be able to do it. And if the reward fails to satisfy, you'll have no reason to do it again. So you got to think about this. This is how we break down our habits. This is how we stop doing the things we are doing. And the doing that isn't providing us any necessary benefit and is actually taking us away from our goal. These are the things that we mentioned in the episode where we had talked about the present. And we had listed out full lists of habits that we know we shouldn't be doing. This is how we're going to go about them. How do we make that habit invisible? How do we make that habit unattractive? How do I make that habit difficult? How do I make it unsatisfying? That's what we need to do each and every one of those on that list. You need to eliminate the cue and your habit will never start. You need to reduce the craving and you won't experience enough motivation to act. You need to make the behavior difficult and you won't be able to do it. You need to And if the reward fails to satisfy, which we need to make it unsatisfying, you'll have no reason to do it again. So that is what I want you to do with that list we had created earlier. I want you to go through and ask yourself, how can I make it invisible? How can I make it unattractive? How can I make it difficult? And how can I make it unsatisfying? Because that's the only way we're going to lead ourselves towards the well of success. You have to break those bad habits, but you have to understand what is causing the habit to occur. Because these habits happen in loops. We get the cue, craving, response, reward. Keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. It just becomes automatic like autopay. And it's not your fault you keep eating that bad food. But we have to identify what that bad food is doing to us other than just giving us the sensation of comfort or maybe pleasure out of the taste. 
we have to distinguish what's more important. What do I want from this food? Do I want nutrition or do I want taste? Very different things. We have to decide what is more important for us in the long term. Now, we may be asking ourselves at this point, well, great, you told us how to break the habit, and I kind of want to learn how to build the habits too. Awesome. Because this can work the exact opposite way. Let's go through them again. Starting with Q, we need to make that new habit obvious next to craving. We need to make it attractive next to response. We need to make it easy. And lastly, reward. We need to make it satisfying. So let's correlate this to exercise. We need to make our habits very, very, very slow. Because if we just speed past this process, it breaks down the chain of events that we need to occur to allow ourselves to propel to a further, better understanding of how to maintain this. So one easy way to make that cue obvious would be to remind yourself daily, just like I mentioned, looking at the future potential, looking at the potential either to succeed or to fail and what those outcomes look like in the future. That's a cue that's obvious. It shows me, hey, look, if I don't shape it up, here's what happens. And if I do shape it up, here's what happens. I would much rather see the one where you shape it up and your life improves and your self-confidence improves and your overall well-being improves. Wouldn't you? So let's make it obvious. Let's make that cue to decide to do what we need to do obvious. Next, how do we make this attractive? How do I want, How do I find attractiveness inside of a, a journey that may be filled with a ton of sacrifice and a ton of willpower and a ton of determination and a ton of discipline. Well, you got to think about it. What's the benefit of me doing this? Well, you know, I start feeling better. I start having a better mood. I start having better energy levels. I start feeling like I can stay awake without taking naps. I feel like I can run around with my kids. It's got to be attractive. It's got to be important to you. It's got to be the internal state that you get by doing the behavior you're doing. Think about that. That is the most important part. The internal state at which the behavior you're doing, be it exercise or good eating, provides you. What's that feeling? Identify it. Capture it. Write it down. Visualize it. Super important. Next, how do we make it easy? How do I make it easy to start exercising or eating healthy? Well, I want to be prepared. I want to make sure I have the foods that I need to eat prepared, either be it in my fridge ready to cook or already cooked. And that's going to be easy. What about the gym? Well, I need to make it an honest decision to say, hey, I need to make this easy. That could be maybe getting some help and getting some instruction and getting a plan. That could also easily be maybe I'm going to intentionally set up something inside of my house where I can easily see that I can attribute my time towards something. Like if it's already, I'm watching TV, why don't I just have something that I can watch TV and participate in a little bit of exercise? Um, Maybe I have a treadmill at home I'm not using. I could just set it up right in front of the TV. I need to make it easy. I need to make it very, very simple for me to accrue that habit over time. Next is the reward. I need to make it satisfying. How do I make it satisfying? Well, I need to think about the positive impacts of what I'm doing, not the negative impacts, not the, oh, I'm pretty sore. Oh, you know, that workout wiped me out. No, I need to think about what is this workout going to do? Well, it's going to make me stronger. It's going to make me more able. It's going to make me more confident. I'm going to have better posture and have better strength and have better endurance and better have 
a lot more things than just that negative side. We got to think positive. Like I mentioned in the very first episode, we have to think positive. It's the most important part of this. So again, how do I create the habit? I need to ask myself, how do I make it obvious? How do I make my cue obvious? What's my cue? My cue may be, I'm going to foresee the future, me, today. I want to be this person who I wrote down in my future goal. I need to remind myself daily of that. I need to look at it. I need to have it in front of my face. I need to have it in my ears. I need to remind myself of how important this is to me. It has to be obvious. How do I make it attractive? I need to think about the positive things that are attributed to what I'm doing, the internal state that's going to be positively impacted by my decision. And the response, of course, how do I make it easy? Of course, setting up the habit to be fulfilled no matter what because it's there. It's already set up for you. It's just you going in and doing it. A plan is an easy way to start that. Next and last, how do I make it satisfying? Thinking about the positive impacts of what we're doing will help you maintain and continue to do these habits so that they become automatic. That's the most important part. We've got to make these things automatic. They've got to become in, in, in part of us. They've got to become a part of us because if they don't, you're going to be struggling for so long and you cannot give up on yourselves. You have to make sure that you make this a habit and then it becomes automatic and it's just auto pay. It's easy, just like those other habits you had. So I hope this really helped. I hope understanding the four laws of behavior change was able to impact you in a way where now you can fully be confident in the fact that you can break habits by making them invisible, unattractive, difficult, and unsatisfying. And you can build new habits by making them obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. I really hope this gives you information and tools you need to change. And I'm looking forward to hearing some feedback. Please leave me a review. I haven't asked for it the past couple episodes because I've been really, really, really busy trying to make these episodes for you. I know they're super important, but leave me a review. Give me a comment. Um, just I want to be able to share this to as many people as possible as well. So if you please do that for me as well, I'd love it. Visit me on my blog, mattptcantrell.design.blog. I'm writing a lot of articles on there as well. I'd love for you to pay attention and participate in enjoying those as well. Um, all these things are meant to upgrade your health and your wellness, and I really hope they are. I hope to hear from you soon, and I look forward to it. Take care.